Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Eddie McTugan. I'm joined as always by Dr. Oh, I'm sorry, by John the Brain Sheeran. Dr. Hoji, I think he had too much Botox. He couldn't even use the computer this time. So, yeah. John, how are you? Doing? You're, you're referring to me as a doctor, though? That's that's new. I like that. Doctor. Yeah, you should be. Senior yeah. doctor intern. Yeah, of A to Z Sports. You can see his the name of his hospital right there on his hat. A to Z Sports.com slash Cincinnati is where you find John's articles. But John... One of your articles was about Tanner Hudson, and we're going to talk about him. But first, I want to talk about that game against the San Francisco 49ers, one of the hottest teams in the league just a, a couple of weeks ago. And there were excuses for why they lost two games in a row, but now they're at home. Brock Purdy, his brain is functioning again, right? Out of the concussion protocol. And... Yeah, they were out without Debo Samuel and their left tackle, Trent Williams. But overall, you know, it's still a formidable team. And the Bengals torched them. I mean, John, they could have hung 40, you know, whatever, 45 points on them pretty easily. Right? I mean, with the Kappa one and the, the, other, the, the other turnover that was overturned. I mean, they could have easily put up 40 points against them the way they were playing. Sure. Um, I think 31 but points is right, though. No, like 31 points is correct. People are going to gloss over the fact that just like the Bengals turned the ball over inside the five-yard line via Irv Smith, the 49ers did basically the same exact thing. And then, you know, uh, they, they did it again, right? Like, it was the very yeah. next pass that Brock Purdy well. threw. He was an interception. And that led to a touchdown the very next play. So people get lost in this i think but when it all comes it all kind of balances out to yeah 31 points is when, about right when is John, 31 31 to 14 on the road 17. against the contender oh now it's 17 they updated that but the point is john that against an average team on the road to win by whatever many points that is 30 points 20 points that is impressive now to do it against a contender in the nfc favorites that's that's big john it is. It is. Every NFL game is not perfect, though. And that's the main lesson that I want to keep spouting here, because when the Bengals were dog crap, you know, there were still some positives to be taken away as to like, OK, this thing can get turned around as long as Burrow is yeah. healthy. And now they have their best game of the year by far, and everything is commendable in that sense. But I think you and I can both agree it can still get better. There was definitely there was a point in this game where yeah. it was still a one score game. The 49ers had a chance to tie it and the Bengals did enough to keep them at bay, literally in the Bay Area. Brock Purdy yeah. is not the quarterback that can get out of a situation like that. He presses very easily. We saw that. But there's still more consistency that this offense can achieve, despite the fact that they achieved the highest level of consistency yeah. they've, that they've had all season. Tell me more about that, John. Now we saw. Let's be. Let's be. Let's be. Let's be honest here. Zach Taylor was under a lot of fire criticism for the limited playbook, but he was playing with the limited burrow. 
But still, they were like, we were like, what is this play calling? And then all of a sudden, everything about the play calling looks beautiful and it works beautifully. Offensive line, they're in the rhythm, they are moving. You know, I remember Paul Alexander, the old offensive line coach. He was also into classical music. I think he played like piano and stuff. And he talked about how the offensive line is supposed to be like, like you're playing the piano or something. I don't know, something musical, just to find that analogy, the music. And and they are playing a sweet music together, John. They're working, even Cordell Vos in the week, a spot. He is playing well also. So play calling seems to be working. Offensive line is looking good. Joe Mixon has some burst, right? Where do you see the room for improvement? Is it T. Higgins finally, you know, making big plays? What is it? Yeah, I, I just look at those two drives to begin uh, the second half that both ended up as punts, right? Because again, you had a missed field goal from Evan McPherson and the Irv Smith fumble to, to end the, the second quarter. And the, I think there was still a, a big contrast between the first two drives of the game, the opening script, where there was a healthy balance of under center and shotgun. And there was a clear tendency breaker there too, because we, we've known at least last year when the Bengals went under center, they were just hammering down the run game. It was a lot of wide zone. It was very predictable. And that's what the 49ers were expecting when the Bengals went under center against them for the first time all year. And it wasn't that there was a healthy dosage of play action and actual drop pack passing and other different types of run concepts that we just haven't seen because they're just a lot easier to implement when your quarterback is under center. The under center game kind of went away, I think, as the second half kind of progressed and they were just sticking into shotgun when they had that lead and the run game kind of stalled a little bit. You have to think like the Burr only threw four incompletions in this game. One of them was a drop. There wasn't any throwaways. There wasn't any batted passes. It was legitimately just him being accurate pretty much 90% of the time. So you're thinking, how, how are there two drives when the, it's still a one score game against a really good offense that end up in two punts. And I, I think it was because we kind of saw some of that, that stale play calling, I think a little bit in the second half, we just kind of need that to translate for another four quarters or so. Yeah. And let's be honest, they were trying to get Irv Smith Jr. involved in the passing game. And I commend them for that. I do want to see the tight end involved. Irv Smith, I don't know what it is, John. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he doesn't get the burrow magic, why he's not. it's not rubbing off on him the way it was rubbing off on Hayden Hurst and uh, Uzama. So I don't know, but a lot of people wanted to see a change. They wanted to see an upgrade. They wanted to see a trade. The trade deadline passed, and what they did was they, they added Tanner Hudson to the active roster. And you wrote an article about this, this you know, historic moment, this this very big day in Bengals historic. history. How big could it possibly be? Tell us. Historic? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, it's not. Like you're just you're kind of throwing out superlatives there. Yeah. It's the worst tight end group in the NFL. It's not okay. even hyperbole. No, it, it's bad. It's it's legitimately bad, and that's why you had a team that doesn't normally do trades at the deadline in a proactive sense. It's usually forced upon them. This was as much of a, of a dire situation as the other situations where they have acted at the trade deadline. And they didn't do anything, despite several names reportedly being available. Now we don't know what actual conversations were had, but it doesn't sound like there was an actual swing to be had to upgrade, again, the worst tight end group in the NFL. 
there's not a starter on this team. I don't even think Tanner Hudson is that, but Tanner Hudson is at least the most natural pass catcher and route runner at the position that they have, whether it be on the practice squad or now the active roster. So yeah, he'll get a chance and he deserves a chance because they've just, they don't have any other options now. They, they can't trade for anyone now. They can only hope that someone just sneaks onto waivers and they're able to claim him in the waiver order. But at this point, that's just not going to happen this late into the season. So Tanner Hudson is fine. He deserves a roster spot. He deserved a roster spot when the season began. But if he's your last hope and saving grace, that's a bad spot to be in. Well, I did see a blog about how Eric Ebron is willing to come out of retirement to play for the Bengals. John. Like, there you go. like, do, yeah. do you do you want to join him too? Like, I I don't know, like, who's gonna have more of an impact? Thank you, John. Yeah. Well, okay. So here we are with the Bengals, almost basically the best offensive roster they've had, and and we're counting T. Higgins in that because we know eventually he's going to bounce back. And best offensive group we've had, again, other than tight end, defensively. Maybe not, John, maybe not the best roster we've ever seen, but they are playing, you know, winning football. They're they're getting turnovers, they're getting sacks in a way that we probably haven't seen in the regular season. We've seen it happen in the playoffs, but I'm really excited about this defense. It's a good point. I think in years past, it's always been maybe that lack of finishing at the quarterback or lack of finishing, turning those pass deflections into interceptions and a lot of drops i think that Bengals fans can look at in, in recent years now it's those plays are actually being finished and it's it's not it's not like the 2005 defense where it was complete boom or bust right it's still a pretty stingy unit that doesn't give up a ton of separation now brandon Ayuk is a different story he's a great athlete not the greatest matchup for cam taylor Britt. led to a lot of explosive plays but they just have an act for turning it on when they absolutely need it, right? Whether that be it in the final drive of the game or when their backs are up against the wall in inside their own red zone, whatever the case may be, they got the guys that know where to be. And there's a lot of playmakers there too. So it's a good combination. Yeah. And now John, they're facing the Buffalo bills for the third time in a year. Obviously we embarrassed them on the road in Buffalo in the snow. It was kind of Cam Taylor Britt's coming out party, if you will. He had a you know big game. And we obviously, we got off to the hottest start on the Monday night game last year, but it was disqualified. And so now here we are, Sunday night. The NFL knows how to capitalize on tragedy, John. And on, on you know, on sort of very traumatic experiences. And so they put the Bengals and the Bills prime time once again. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. What is different about the matchup this time from when they face each other in the playoffs? And like that, where that Bengals team was at that point in the season entering that game, like they were legitimately firing on all cylinders. You know, they had won like seven games in a row or something to, to that nature. And they came out hot in that game. Um, the Bills defense, I think last year at that time was considerably better than the current version of the Bills defenses right now. You still have Josh Allen though, who you just never really know what to expect from him. There's going to be a play where he trusts his arm way too much and throws into double coverage. And there's also going to be plays where 
you know, he finds like the the slimmest of windows for Stefan Diggs, and they're going to connect for at least, you know, seven, eight passes in this game. It's going to be hard to stop him. I know that Taylor Britt or Eli Apple did a great job of limiting him in the playoffs, but I think that was more of an anomaly and not a true, a, a, you know, testament to what Diggs can or can't do against the Bengals. The problem, though, with the Bills is that ever since Matt Milano, their starting linebacker, has been, was hurt a few weeks ago, they've, I think they're 25th in defensive EPA per play allowed. They're just not getting that much of a pass rush. They're allowing one of them in terms of just explosive plays. They're like a bottom three team and bottom three defense in the NFL this year. So for a, a, an offense like the Bengals, who does really well against two high uh, coverages now, they've figured out a way to do to you know move the ball down the field. And also who is just desperate, still desperate for any explosive play opportunities. They found something in San Francisco, but it's still an area that they need to improve. It does look like an ideal defense for the Bengals to take advantage of. But this is a week-to-week league, man. And it seems like matchups like this, you think you're going to go one way on paper, and then they end up going a completely other way. But this is also Joe Burrow, who's never lost at home under the lights at Paycor Stadium. And, you know, they're, they're going to... I, I think you're going to get the best uh, of the Bengals. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what the Bills can, can offer as a counter. Yeah, well, there you go. So what is your prediction? For the game, John. I, 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 I don't know. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't okay. thought about that. What well, can we think about it now? Yeah, we can a think about one it now. Break and then. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll just go here. You know, it's not fair how you can just lay these questions on me without you know any preparation at all. But you know, we'll, we'll just go with it. Um, I think the Bengals will score twenty. Six points. Okay. And I think I think the Bills are going to score points as well. Yeah. Maybe somewhere in the range of of 24. Wow. Bengals win 26-24. Player of the game, I'm guessing, John, is going to be... I, I'm trying to read your mind. I think it's going to be T. Higgins. T. Higgins, wow. That would be nice to see. By the way, speaking of reading your mind, did you see that that clip of Joe Burrow reading everybody's mind? That guy was... That that man, wasn't Joe Burrow reading minds. Um, his mind was being invaded at, at that moment. That's crazy. Yeah, I hope... I hope that guy isn't on the, a Buffalo fan. And I hope he doesn't use that to his advantage. On Sunday, John, here's the thing. Bengals have won 3 and 0 three games in a row. They're technically still out of the playoff race. And, you know, let's be honest. It's one or two losses, and they're they're in a big hole again. A lot of people are acting like they're completely back. But they have to get to, like, six or seven and three for me to feel like, okay, they can relax and just be themselves. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah. So that's my thing. And I think... It is a Sunday night game. We tend to forget, before not that long ago, before Joe Burrow, we were frightened of these situations. And a lot of it had to do with, with you know, Andy Dalton. A lot of it had to do with Marvin Lewis. But a lot of it was just the franchise. The franchise not having enough preparation going into the games and whatnot. So all of that is to say, John, I think that the Bills are going to come in and they're going to clean up. And I'm predicting the final score will be 34 
221 Cincinnati. Mm. Clean up, huh? Yeah. Clean up how? John, I thought it was obvious. So when you go, let's say you're shopping at Walmart, and all of a sudden you feel something in your stomach, and you go and you take a, a massive dump. Sorry, I don't know how it's... Afterwards, you like, you know, well, look at this big mess. You have to clean up, okay? So on the biggest stage, on Sunday night, I feel like the bills are just going to, it's just going to be a big mess. They're going to, remember last time against the, the Bengals, how they were fighting and bickering and Josh Allen looked lost. He looked like a rookie and his receiver was like, do you not see me? That's a mess. That is a mess. It's going to be all over their hands, you know, all over their, everywhere. And they're going to have to clean up. They're going to have to do damage control again. They're going to have to get Josh Allen and the rest of the team on, you know, and Stefan Diggs. They're going to have to that fix that relationship again. That's my prediction. I think it's fixed now, but I, 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 see, I see where you're going with that for sure. They're going to break it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there you have it. That is our official show for Bengals against the Bills. For John the Brain Sheeran, who you can find on a to z sports.com slash Cincinnati. I'm Daniel McDoug. We will see you next time. So long, sweetie. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.